Hey everybody, welcome to the episode. Uh, today we're actually Zach and I discussed uh, for the week, maybe for the month. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, we're going to. Well, so this is going to be my recommendation um, in the beginning of the episode, opposed to the end. Um, so basically, if you're a human being on the planet, uh, you probably are aware of the current Russian and Ukrainian war that's been going on. Um, and we basically just wanted to. We're gonna drop a few links in the description of the uh, of the episode. The that is it basically you're able to donate and help with. Um, there's a few. There's there's multiple links that we're gonna drop. One of them is for refugees. One of them is for just the civilians who are still there uh, to basically you know help them with food and whatnot. And then of course there's gonna be links for the actual like you can just send money straight to the Ukrainian military to help them in aiding with ammunition and guns and, and whatnot. Um, because this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is a very big deal. Yeah. Uh, this is going to affect us as well. Uh, not just It's not just going to be a Ukraine situation where, you know, obviously it's already affecting gas prices and it could potentially affect food. Um, this is definitely a, an affecting the whole world. Thing. Yeah. So uh, we just wanted to hop on and talk about that very briefly and just mm-hmm. say that we're going to drop some links and able to donate. Um, and also we hope that the Ukrainian situation settles down. President Zelensky is a fucking badass. Oh yeah. Uh, I heard about like balls some stuff of steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is pretty much at this point been recognized as an international war hero, mm-hmm. which is crazy because a few years ago he was literally a, a comedic actor who uh, did a lot of voiceover work for some famous TV shows that got translated into Ukrainian. Yeah. So, uh, but he's got balls of steel and mm-hmm. he's out there and he's fighting with his men. Um, and he doesn't, he's, he's still in Ukraine. He refuses to leave. Yep. And he's like, I, they, you know, there's been multiple times where they're like, Hey, we can get you out. And he's like, no, I just need more shit. So, uh, we're going to drop a few links onto that. Uh, just, uh, just to help if you can, obviously you don't have to donate, uh, you know, thousands of dollars, but literally anything helps, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just decide to maybe not buy your cup of coffee this morning and you can drop $2 or whatever, literally everything helps. So uh, that's what I have to say. Zach, you want to add anything to that? No, just thank you guys. Um, just thank you for showing support. And um, hopefully everything goes a little bit smoother in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to the episode. Mm-hmm. You'll buy me many things. No, no. no. Well, not well, just buy. We give you love and affection, don't we? Well, then what is it? Was it because we went to that party? Well, you know what kind of drunken brawls those kind of parties turn into. It's not a place for kids. A minute ago, you said you didn't care if he drinks. He said a little drink. You're tearing me apart! What? You, you say one thing, he said another, and everybody changes back again! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Credits Podcast. The only podcast that, uh... I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't like to be called chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Zach. <laughs> wow, really, really inspirational one there. <laughs> uh, today we are doing. Well, this is the first uh, episode of Classics Month. Classic Month, um, where we're going to be looking at classic films that are considered truly iconic classic movies. Mm-hmm. Nothing before 1955. Nothing before 1955. Yes. Um, so, today we are starting it off with Rebel Without a Cause, came out in 1995, uh, and of course it stars James Dean, the most... Handsome know, man in the 50s? In the world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he plays Jim Stark, Natalie Wood plays Judy, mm-hmm. um, Sal Minio, who plays John Plato Crawford, mostly just referred to as Plato, mm-hmm. 
Uh, you have the you have Jim Backus who plays Frank Stark, who's Jim's father, um, and then Anne Duran who plays Mrs. Carol Stark, who is Jim's mother. And for the most part, that's pretty much all of that. That's all that I care about. Yeah, maybe um, Buzz. But directed like... directed by Nicholas Ray and written by Stuart Stern. What a name. Uh, oh well. I hold on one second. So Zach, before we get into it, mm-hmm. let's just. Let's just clear the air. Well, no, well, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> okay. This is, you know, apparently this was the performance of a lifetime for mm-hmm. James Dean. I mean, this is what truly, truly put him on the map. Everybody buzzes about how good and incredible James Dean is in this movie. This movie itself went on to get multiple Oscar nominations uh, a few wins for I think Natalie I think Natalie Wood and Sal won for best supporting actors. Uh, the themes of this film have been just completely sh- like for the time it was groundbreaking and it's mm-hmm. still somehow as relevant today. And also, all- t-shirt sales went through the roof. Like I'm not joking. White like, t-shirts. White t-shirt sales yeah. went through the roof because of James Dean's yeah. wearing it the entire film. And all that being said. I thought this movie was fine. <laughs> I didn't really like this film. I didn't really like it either. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't really like this movie. So, um, it's funny that it this went down in history as one of the most classics ever. I mean, mm-hmm. James Dean was like, you know, he's got he's got a few famous like lines in this movie oh, yeah. that have still, you know, are still really, really popular today that people say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's a weird... I think that for the time, mm-hmm. it was probably really important, but I don't think that it's necessarily aged as well as it could have. There are themes in this film that I do think have a- aged well. Yes, I think um, so too. But the movie as a as, like as a whole, mm-hmm. I think is eh. Yeah, I like I said, I didn't really like this film. I was um, kind of surprised that yeah. how not. I, the thing is, though, I will say one thing mm-hmm. was coming into this episode after after finishing the um the movie mm-hmm. i was ready to rip this movie to shreds <laughs> really? i really was i was like this i did not enjoy it. i was mm-hmm. like i didn't enjoy any of this i was just so mad i was like how could this be considered a classic it's mm-hmm. not good um and then i uh, so the i don't know you te- i feel like you tend to watch movies like the day before we record yeah and then i have I, like 24 hours to sit yeah with it. so i watch it a few days before we record so i have a little bit of time to sit with it mm-hmm. and over the course of thinking about it, I enjoyed it more just after it settled. Um, but after, like you know, immediately after, I was like, I hated it almost, mm-hmm. almost entirely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have pulled back a little bit, and, and I wrote a lot of things that I actually did enjoy about it. Um, so it has gotten a little bit better for me, but overall, I was still kind of underwhelmed by this movie. Yeah, I mean. The the biggest praise I probably have for this film is the fact of James Dean taking kind of like, at the time, what was considered like the method acting route that he did for this film. Like he, I, I looked up like a lot of the trivia stuff, like he really went like all out and was like super, super passionate about playing Jim. I mean, even to where I guess there was a, a, a point in the dagger fight scene when they're at the planetarium with Buzz and Jim where... Uh, James Dean actually gets like his ear cut mm. by accident, like during the entire thing. And Nicholas Ray yelled cut and James Dean went off on him. I was like, you don't ever fucking cut when I'm in the moment. I'm going to make something out of this. Yeah. And you can see it like you can see from the very first opening thing, which I really enjoyed too. 
a lot of older films, they it was the style where they do the credits at the beginning, which I kind of like more because you're kind of stuck watching the credits, and that way you stay till like the very, very end of the film. Right. And I like how they did the whole thing where it's just Jim like laying on the floor drunk playing with like the little wind up monkey. And it was something to kind of like take your eye away from the fact that like all of the the names and production companies that were involved in the film are being placed over top of it. It was just something like visually to show. Yeah. But again, too, like James Dean's performance of being drunk it really kind of mimics where he might have just been drunk for that scene <laughs> potentially yeah. yeah um all right so i want to start off with what i liked about mm-hmm. the movie um you want to start off or you don't do you not really have much james dean's performance really because that's one of my cons really <laughs> i did not think that he was very good in this movie at all i'll be honest james dean's performance was probably the biggest thing that i liked about that's this funny that's really funny <laughs> no no we have to unpack this yeah I found his performance. There were certain scenes mm-hmm. that I thought he he had kind of standout moments. Mm-hmm. I personally thought Natalie Wood blew him out of the water in performance wise. I thought Natalie Wood as Judy was excellent. The opening shot when they're at the police station, I thought Judy was great. Yeah. I didn't so much care for her the rest of the film. I really enjoyed her performance. I thought that so, like, one of the scenes that really stuck out to me as, what the hell, how is this guy getting praised for a performance, was actually what you were talking about with that knife fight. Mm-hmm. You guys are, literally have switchblades, and you are stabbing each other. Yes. <laughs> and James Dean, in my opinion, sounds like he could, he could care less about what he's saying. He literally... At this this is the exact tone that he says it in. He goes, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you guys are, like, circling around each other like sharks, you know, that smell mm-hmm. blood. And and you're stabbing each other, trying to literally almost kill each other. And the performance that we get at James Dean is, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? I know, because then you had like the the scene when they're at the police station where he's saying the famous line, you're tearing me apart. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's the emotion. Yeah, there's yeah. the reaction. And to me, man, it really sounded like he was reading his lines. Like mm-hmm. it sounded like a guy who got his lines and was just like, okay, these are the lines. These are, this is, I'm just going to say it how I'm reading it off this paper. Mm-hmm. I was very underwhelmed. There, again, there were certain scenes. Um, the, the real standout scene for me was the parents fighting. Yes. Uh, that, I was like, okay, James Dean is actually, like, giving me some emotion here. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I felt it. But honestly, man, for the majority of the film, I was very, very unimpressed. And I know that I'm in, like, the, the camp of, like, hey, that's a really unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's really renowned for his performance. But I was not impressed at all. I don't know, like, there, I agree, there are, like, certain scenes where it's, like, he was just, like, super, super underwhelming, and then there are certain scenes, too, where it's, like, it almost seems like he switches accents, yeah. I don't know if you, did you yeah, get yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like, it just seemed like he switched, like, his accent up a little bit from being kind of, like, this New Yorker accent to, like, being almost British at points, <laughs> I don't know, it seemed very odd, but, I mean, I, I saw, like, him putting his all into the character like he was trying to play like this guy that has had a past and wants to try and move on from it and then shit just keeps building up 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a strange plot where it's like it, this movie it doesn't really have a plot. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of just uh, I don't want to call it a hangout movie, but it's a movie of just like teen angst. Yeah, and just like this is what teenagers do when they're bored. Basically, it, the movie only takes place from a night and then the following day. Yeah, like that's the entire film. Yeah, which I mean, I kind of praise in the fact that like you you got a story out of that. Right. Um, cause most people would probably be confused and be like, Hey, this is like three days or four days or a week or something like yeah. that. And this is this literally is like two days. This is all unpacked in one day. Yeah. Um, I will say that I re- just, and obviously this is kind of not really praise for this movie specifically just of the era, but I just love the way this movie looks. Yeah. The I mean, film, like the actual it just always looks look, so great. It looks so good. Even the, the beginning, like Warner brothers logo yeah. where it's like all kind of like rusted almost. Yeah. It looks great. Like it, it really brings you back to a, a simpler time. And I guess that's kind of like the whole reason why we're doing classics too, is because it's, it's very reminiscent. It's very nostalgic where it's like, you can see where most films were put on film yeah exactly not, like digitally and, and made it, and it has that real true classic film feel yeah even too like there there's a couple little tricks that i noticed too where it's like during that fight scene that i also really liked with um with jim and his parents when he's upside down yeah where the camera's the, upside down yes yeah, it's really good and then also too when he's trying to go upstairs and the camera like turns yeah. like a almost like a 180 yeah and it kind of creates like this effect where it's like, oh, like everything's becoming lopsided. Like there's an imbalance in what's going on. Yeah. And then even too, like at the end with Plato, like at the planetarium, like it's same thing. Like they did like that lopsided camera effect. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Like that was, a, it was a nice little thing where I don't think a lot of films during this time era thought to like do that. Yeah. Especially with being film cameras. You got to be careful. You yeah. will drop everything. Yeah. Um, although the char- the character is strange and weird i kind of i'm kind of bouncing back and forth i think overall i'm going to put it in like what i liked about it was salmonia's performance as plato he did a good job it was, it's a really odd i <laughs> i want to unpack too they, oh we will we they will. they very much just glossed over the fact that he killed puppies yeah definitely that's that's so but it's kind of interesting i i actually liked how the movie came full circle with that where mm-hmm. it's like hey he killed puppies he, he he got his hands on like his mom's gun or something his dad's gun back at the house and he ended up killing like a litter of puppies um so clearly plato is mentally unstable yeah there are like some sociopath tendencies i guess you could say yeah and he he's it's very weird because then for the for the most part the rest of the movie he's actually kind of just like a normal kid Mm -hmm. uh and then at the end things just go completely out of whack uh but i did like the kind of like the everything went full circle Mm -hmm. where at the at the end of the movie he ends up grabbing the gun and then running to the abandoned house yeah and trying to save jim and and judy yeah yeah because i mean like when when something that significant happens in a movie in the beginning of the film where it's like, Hey, you just killed like that needs to be addressed or that needs to come back. Like mm-hmm. you can't just have that character be like, Hey, you just killed a bunch of puppies. Okay. Well have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, that's like, kind of what then, happened. Like, though. Never have, well, yeah. But the thing is like, I, I just mean like in the filmmaking yeah, standpoint, yeah. you can't not have a reference back to that or a call back to that. I don't know. Like, I feel like, which they did. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. But it's also more towards like the fact of like having the gun. 
Like, had it just been where it's like he brought down to the police station because, like, you know, he took his mom's gun out, then it's like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. you know, he's just a kid that, like, obviously has, like, some, some issues because of his dad and his mom not being around that much. Yeah. I also really thought the car scene was cool. Yeah. The racing. I thought Except that was for fun. whatever reason, they did, like, a weird speed up of, well, like, that was because, Jim rolling out of the well, car. Well, yeah, because of the... Because they didn't actually want to have him jumping yeah. out of the car at full speed. So I guess they needed sense. the car to look like it was actually going fast. So then they sped it up. So then when he jumps out, it looks like it was all like, you know, opposed to him actually just driving probably like five miles an hour. No, like he was going like 50. That makes sense. Because like it, during that time, like you couldn't have it where it's like, like sped up and then just kind of like slow right. it down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... I like the scene. I was really happy that they committed to killing off Buzz. Yeah. I was, was like, I didn't really think that they were going to do that. So I, I was literally like watching it. And then my fiance came in and she was like, what is this? And I was like, rebel without a cause. And then as like, she's like, oh, okay. That scene happened. And I'm just like, huh, they killed Buzz. Yeah. And she's like, what? I was like, nothing. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. And I like the whole reaction to everybody. Yeah. Of being like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We, we know this like, is going to be trouble. And there's no time for like grieving our friend or mm-hmm. anything like it's just we need to leave. Uh, so the cars go off the cliff. James Dean makes it out, or Jim get, makes it out. Which James and Jim are the same name. Jim, Jim makes. <laughs> well, it they out. call him Jamie too at yeah. some point. So, uh, and then Buzz's sleeve gets caught on like mm-hmm. the the door handle or something. I don't know exactly what happened. <laughs> it was yeah. But he got he got stuck in the car and he drove off the cliff and died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, wow, I'm surprised that they killed off like your kind of main antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, so early in the yeah. movie. Because it is literally, like, 30 minutes in. So, yeah. it's like, where do you go from here? Right. And they could have done it where it's, like, very much where... It could have honestly just stayed that the police are investigating and asking everybody. Yeah. Like, it could have just been that story. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to add in, like, whole other layers to it with, like, Buzz's friends coming to, like, try and yeah. make sure that, that Jim isn't going to rat anybody out. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I really, really liked was the whole family dynamic of Jim's family. I did like that too. I um, really liked that a lot. And that was kind of like one of my themes that was like, that I was starting to think of where it's like, this is a really great showcase because, you know, during the time of like the fifties, it was very much so like modern era. Like things are kind of starting to come into place. Like, you know, microwaves are going to be built soon. So it's like you have the air quotes all-american dream family Mm -hmm. and this movie what i liked is that like early early on it showcases that like you know there might be in a majority the all-american family of like oh the white picket fence and like the happy mother and father and like the son and the daughter and the dog everything like that but they showcase really well that there is a, a really really good disbalance in the family yeah like jim just being like this kid that like always gets into trouble the dad kind of being a pushover the mom like passive aggressively like nudging the dad constantly yeah and then of course the grandmother who hates the wife (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah the my like my kind of like once we my final words are going to be kind of about that so i don't want to i personally Mm -hmm. am not going to go too far into it yeah um but i just want to say that the family dynamic that i'll unpack a little bit later i really really enjoyed it a lot and i thought it added a lot to jim's personality and Mm -hmm. like who he is and why he is the way that he is yeah um i really enjoyed that a lot 
Um, I mean, generally speaking, for the most part, that's kind of all I really, really liked. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add about pros. I will say that I think that this movie is horribly paced. Oh, absolutely. There is a huge disbalance between what you get in the first scene of, like, everybody at the police station and then school, planetarium, so on and so forth. It feels very off. Yeah. I mean, the first hour of this movie is painful to get yes. through. <laughs> yes, it, <is. laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and it's like, and I, I was shocked, man. I'm telling you, I was sitting here and I'm like, I can't believe that this is a classic. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't like to do it often. Like, part of it was because, like, I had to run out. But, like, I ended up having to watch this in two sittings. Yeah. Um, And part of it was, like, just like, a, okay. Mental break. I can I can like come back to this and see what happens next. Yeah, I I watched it in two sittings as well. Mm. I I just I needed to I needed to take five. I, th- <laughs> I I think the only thing that saved it too was the fact that like the first sitting portion of it, like I got done right as Buzz died. Yeah, and it's like okay, I have like a cliffhanger to come back to. I got right. I can see what happens next. Yeah, yeah. But had I stopped it at like the planetarium, where like he's just late to go seeing the planetarium, it's yeah. like oh man, where are we going with this? Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was really weird is that Jim is kind of said to be this, uh, I don't want to call him a badass, but a, a rambunctious teenager. He's a rebel. That's he's what a, he's supposed right. to be. And he's not really, he doesn't do anything. If mm-hmm. anything, he's trying to avoid. Yeah. Any time, like, he... Which I guess you could like. It's well. It's said early in the movie, like, "Hey, we, we we're moving from town to town. We keep leaving because I'm just like a bad kid." So then he comes to this town, and basically the only time that Jim ever gets upset is when whenever somebody just calls him a chicken, mm-hmm. um, and that's when he gets like really really angry for like half a second. Yeah, and then and then he's like. And then he's like, and then he's cool as a cucumber again. And then he's again. cool again. And then he's, you know, like he didn't even get pissed off when Buzz like popped his tire. Right. Yeah. And I was waiting for almost like a like, kind of what happened in Once Upon a Time with Hollywood with Brad That's Pitt's what, character. Dude, I thought like it was. He, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, I didn't get that reference in Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Like, like that that reference in Once Upon a Time of Brad Pitt doing the whole tire thing. I thought that he was calling back to Rebel without a cause. Mm-hmm. As that scene was happening, and then it just did not, nothing yeah, happened. Because it could have been cool. It could have been like he pulls out the spare and like now change it. Yeah, but instead he just throws the fucking like the thing, the tire the, iron, yeah, I guess, it's whatever. Like, okay, <laughs> so now and he do, he doesn't want to pick up the knife, mm-hmm. and it's like Jim's character, I guess, is tr- is is trying to be better. Mm-hmm. So he's like not, he's trying to avoid conflict for whatever reason. Yeah, I I just feel like. But they didn't the, add in enough to showcase that, like, oh, he's why. a fucking badass, yeah. or he is a real, real rebel, and like, he is not to be fought. You know, like, don't tread lightly. Yeah, like, even if you added in like a character being like, yeah, he beat this kid to a pulp for something like right. this. Like, add that in so I get a mental image of like this is why he's trying to not be Dude, such a bad he fucking, kid. The first day of school. Tell me how anticlimactic yeah. this is. First day of school. There's a shot of. This the school plaque on the stair mm-hmm. on the stairs, and, and you can see everybody's feet going around it because nobody's supposed to like t- like walk on it. And Jim doesn't know this because it's his first day at this new town, so he walks he walks right on it. And some guy goes, "Hey, you can't walk on that." 
that's the school plaque. And mm-hmm. he goes, oh, I'm sorry. This is my first day. And the guy goes, it's all right. And then yeah. he just walks away. It's like, okay. Like, have the kid the push him and, like, get kind of, like, a reaction out of Jim. Got nothing. <laughs> and then all of, like, the fucking douchebag kids, like, just standing there, like, looking at him. Yeah. And it's like, he didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, nothing came from that. No. It's like, okay, that was... Again, you're not giving me any type of character... Um, insight mm-hmm. for for jim like i'm i'm hearing stories like oh he's a, he's crazy he's he's you know he ha- he's problematic he likes to fight yet we get no we get nothing from him ex- except for the point in which buzz pops the tire yeah and again he doesn't even want to do it i mean it takes him like like five minutes <laughs> yeah to like even like build up to the point where he actually even picks up the knife mm-hmm. and again he doesn't really want to do it uh and then he this sort of cool that he like he slaps the knife away from him and then like kind of like grabs yeah. him by the neck uh and then that kind of dwindles into nothing and mm-hmm. isn't it strange that they that they get into that kind of fight and then it's like hey this isn't over we're gonna race to see who's a chicken we're gonna play a game of chicken all you know we'll race our cars over to these cliffs and when they see each other, they're, like, very cordial with yeah, one another. Yeah, like, they're super cool with each other. And that's where, like, there's there's a weird disassociation with Buzz as, like, the antagonist. Because, like, you get that these guys are all douchebags. But even from, like, the planetarium scene where it's, like, they're making fun of, like, the astrology symbols. And, like, the Taurus comes on and, and Jim makes, like, the moo yeah, sound. Yeah. And they laugh and they're like, oh, we got a comedian. Yeah. Where it's like, you're doing the same jokes that they're doing. Yeah. But now you hate each other for it. Like, I don't I don't get that. And then, yeah, like, when they actually go to, like, the Chicky Run, like, it's just, like, they're cool with each other. Yeah. It's like, why are we doing like, this again? Like, it almost could have been where it's like you have something where Buzz is still pissed off about that and, like, he's going to sabotage the car. Something. But he doesn't. Something. He's, he's just like, why don't you check it out before we start? Yeah. And, and I also thought that there was going to be, like, a conflict with him and Judy. Mm-hmm. like like a Like a love triangle thing going on because it's kind of... I don't think it's ever like fully established that they're dating, but she's definitely hanging out with him and she's definitely seems to be more um, involved with buzz than any other, anybody else yeah. in the crew. Uh, and then J- Jim comes in and it's like, Oh, okay. There's now there's going to be like this. Oh, she's starting to fall in love with, with Jim and mm-hmm. then buzz and that that's going to be the main conflict. But no, it just, Buzz dies, and then they just end up dating. Yeah, nobody's I mean, really that upset about no. his death. Like they're like, all supposed to be best friends, and I mean Natalie, like Natalie doesn't even, or excuse me, not Natalie, Natalie Wood character yeah. <laughs> Judy. Judy like doesn't even really care. No, like she kind of like looks on from like the cliff and was like, oh my god, and then Jim kind of like just pulls her, is like, come on, we gotta go, yeah. and then that's it, like nothing else. Yeah, like, and that's what bothered me a little bit was. Judy, like, yes, her performance was good, but, like, Judy's character... Yeah, her character is... is fucking up and down, man. Because, <laughs> like, you get the... Again, the first thing where you get her in the police station talking to the cops where it's like, you know, her father called her a tramp and, like, almost hit her. Yeah. And, like, you know, now she doesn't want to go home. And then the next time you see her at home... She almost has like this weird like infatuation with her dad. Yeah, which where it's like, honestly, man, that's very creepy. It was it was creepy, but it well, it was creepy from her end because mm-hmm. the father is actually very normal. Yeah, but like, okay, so back in like the day, like way way back, mm-hmm. um, that was more of a normal thing, like kissing your father on the mouth. Mm-hmm. That I was that. that was a much more like socially acceptable thing that happened. So she ends up trying to kiss him on the mouth at the dinner table. 
And the father like backs away and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, and you're she, too old. To yeah, be he's doing like, you're that. way too old for this. And she tries to do it again. And he again, pushes her away. And then, you know, she ends up getting upset and she leaves. And the mother basically makes a comment of like, this is the age where nothing fits. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I think that's exactly what she says is like, nothing fits at this age. And I like that scene a lot because it showed how times are changing mm-hmm. between this this new youth, like the new youth, this new generation versus the older generation. Yeah. Um. But it was definitely a weird scene. It was, <laughs> and that's and that's where like, like Judy's character. I don't get what I'm supposed to feel with her because it's like I feel sympathetic in the beginning because it seems like her dad is like, like a, a like kid beater, like alcoholic maybe. And then, but I don't get, get that from him at all. No, like from and what the, we but see. that's the thing is like you you get like a normal guy. So then, yeah. from that scene, I don't feel like I feel confused with Judy. And then you get the scene of like her hanging out with like the rest of the the punk kids. Yeah, and it's like I really don't like her. And then you get to the point where after Buzz dies and like she's starting to hang out with Jim, and she says that line where it's like, "Is this what love like yeah. for someone feels like?" Yeah, as if like she's just now falling. In- yeah. <laughs> they've known each other for literally a night. Yeah, and it's like. Like, she's crazy. Like, I, I just assume that she's crazy. <laughs> like, because I don't get her. I don't buy her as a love interest. Right. Because she doesn't make sense. And yeah. I, I guess you could chalk that up to being a teenager and, like, not really, like, one day you feel some way and the, un- the next day you feel another because you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. But, like, there's just, it's too extreme to the other to really yeah. understand her. Right. And nothing, it, nothing, pretty much everything pretty much amounts to nothing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even at the end of the movie, Jim is like, hey, this is, this is Judy. She's my friend. It's like, they don't kiss. No. They don't. It's but just meanwhile, like. <laughs> when they're in the mansion, they're like, oh, we love each yeah, other. Yeah. Let's run away. Yeah. It's and then very, very weird. Yeah. Like, they're joking with Plato when he comes in where it's like, oh, like, two bedrooms. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. we can afford this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, like, they're a relationship. Like, they're a couple. Right, yeah. And then, yeah, like, just at the end, it's like, oh, this is my friend. And then they walk off and it's like, like, I'd be pissed. <laughs> like, if I was her, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Um. She's like, I <laughs> I sabotaged Buzz's car so his sleeve would get stuck on the thing, and now you're going to say I'm just your friend? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to unpack Sal. Yeah. Because... Plato. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, pa- Plato. He's homosexual. Yes. Ho- 100%. Yes, like super, super into Jim. Jim. Uh, I thought it was very clever with seeing the locker door, yes. and, then, and then he's got the handsome kind of guy... Mm-hmm. On the door opposed to, you know, somebody, uh, you know, back in that day, a teenager would normally have like a girl, mm-hmm. but he has like just a, a, a headshot of a really, really handsome man. Um, and I was like, okay, so like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, and then his kind of, uh, he kind of becomes really, I don't want to say obsessed. Like codependent but very quickly. F- with Jim. Yes. And, and becomes very, very... Um, I don't know. He, he he becomes... You can say he becomes obsessive. I guess so, yeah. I guess he does kind of become obsessive because he, like, he ends up writing his address down in, in the book. So he's like, I so I, I don't forget where he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up saying that he wishes that he was his dad. Yeah. Like, he, he was like, I, I, I wish that you were my father. He also has, like, that scene, too, where it's like, 
when they go to the Chicky Run and, like, you have Judy asking about him. And meanwhile, again, Plato's known Jim for the same amount of time that Judy's known Jim. Like, literally a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. And Plato's like, oh, yeah, like, Jim's really great. Like, he doesn't speak much, but you know, like, when he does, he means it. And, like... He prefers this name. Yeah. But he lets, you know... But if if you're really close with him, yeah, he'll let you call him Jamie. But it's like, where, where, where did this relationship happen? Well, that's the thing is, like... It, it was clever in the sense where it's like it's showing just how obsessive Plato is. Yeah. But it is very weird. Right. But it's also like we're not like they pretty much the last scene that we had with them together was at the knife scene. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like they go their separate ways because then we get the scene where Jim's back at home and this father ends up cleaning up the wounds. Um, so it's like, where did all of where did you get all of this information? Are you just making this all up? I well, yeah, he absolutely he absolutely is because like he Plato is a loner because because he's a fucking weirdo. Well, yeah, he's a weirdo. <laughs> but like also like you you come to find out through the story that like the mom works a lot like so she never sees Plato. You have like the nanny that takes care of him ninety percent of the time. The dad is somewhere else because he's just sending like realistically he's just sending child support. Yeah. And when they're at the mansion, like, you get Plato saying, like, oh, you know, like, my father's dead. Yeah. Just as, like, kind of like a coping thing where it's like, you know, he doesn't have anybody. He disassociates his father because he's not around. Yeah. And it's really where he kind of just, like, latches on to Judy and Jim because, like, he doesn't have a family. He doesn't have friends. He just wants, like, somebody to be there for him. Yeah. But again, back to the dog thing in the beginning, it, it... creeps in your mind that like he is kind of like developing like murderous tendencies yeah whereas had you not told us that i could have just played it off that he is lonely right and that's the reason why but now it's becoming like a thing in my in the back of my head while i'm watching that scene yeah and i think that they but i think they could have explored plato with Jim a lot more. Mm-hmm. What we do get with him, I think it gives you it gives you like the basis of what 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 is trying to be said, but I don't feel like it necessarily went fully there. Yeah. Um there's a lot of just I don't want to call them plot holes, but there's just a lot of things that that are not like when when the gang shows up at the house. Mhm. And and Jim's father's there, and then Plato shows back up with the scooter, and and he and he's like, you know, is Jim around? And mm-hmm. Jim's dad's like, no. He like hops back on his like scooter because he's like, I think I know where they are. Mm-hmm. And then and then they go to the house. Yeah. And then they have this weird scene where, like you were saying about like, oh, we're gonna pretend that I'm the real estate agent and I'm gonna show you guys the house. And it's like. Hmm. You, like, <laughs> oh, really? It's just, it, it just really weird. And then, and then he falls asleep somehow, and like very eight, quickly, eight seconds. <laughs> you know, it was the fifties, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. There's, there's these, there's, there's like glimpses of like, hey, there's something to be explored here. Like, Plato is so upset with Jim when he wakes up, and 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 he's gone, and he's like, you, and you know, he ends up seeing him, and he ends up actually shooting at him, mm-hmm. and and then he's like, you abandoned me. Why did you abandon me? So he's clearly got these abandonment issues because that's like his main thing, and then he ends up actually screaming at him that you're not my father. Yeah, and and then he runs away, even though you know a few scenes back he's like, I wish that you were my dad. Mm-hmm. So Plato's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just wish that he. I wish that their relationship was explored because Jim doesn't seem to like even see it at all. 
No. Like, there's one scene, I think, where he's like, he says something like, what are you talking about? And then, like, they just kind of, like, keeps it going. Yeah. And then it's not there until, like. There needs to be something there. Yeah, because you don't get anything else until, like, the ending planetarium scene where, like, he's trying to talk him down a ledge of, like, giving yeah. him the gun. Yeah. And then he takes the bullets out. And then right. he's like, okay, you said you wanted it back. You can have it back. Yeah. And I also, I, I will say, though, that I really did like the callback from when Plato and Jim first meet at the police station. He yeah. offers him his jacket, and Plato says no. Yeah. And then at the end, he offers him his jacket, and he he ends up like kind of clutching onto it, yeah. like a like a teddy bear, like a child with a teddy bear, and he ends up wearing it, uh, accepting, uh, finally the coat from from Jim, and then of course Plato gets shot and killed, mm-hmm. and then you have that really famous line of "I have the bullets, I got <laughs> the bullets." Uh, that was fun. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of and then I really liked that. Jim zips up the jacket on yeah. onto Plato, and you know he basically says like the kid was always cold, and and he and he lets him keep the jacket, and I was like that's that is heartfelt, and mm-hmm. I felt that yeah personally, I was like that worked for me, um, but the, the majority of this movie didn't. No, because the last thing that I want to say too is like even so, like nothing gets like an actual conclusion, like everything with like the punk kids. Like, afterwards, dissolves. They just completely, like, what happened to them? Nothing gets resolved with Jim's family. Because, like, you don't see... I guess see one it. of them got shot. Sort of. The mom and dad? No, no, no. The punk. One of the, one of the gang oh, yeah, member yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. shot, kind of. But he didn't die. No, so, like, it, it's whatever. Yeah. But, like, nothing gets resolved with Jim's mom and dad. Nope. Nothing really gets resolved with Buzz's death. Like, the cops just kind of, like, say, fuck it, whoever. Yeah, like, we don't, like, there's literally no resolutions no, in this movie except like, for Play-Doh. And, I, <laughs> like, that's fine because you can have movies with, like, a, a dark ending, but, like, you can't have four different stories not get and, a climax or an ending to yeah, it. Yeah, and only one of them gets tied up. Yeah, it's I don't really know. It's really weird. I, it, it's nice for once. That you have a movie that you didn't watch that didn't well, come out good. Well, the thing is, though, like, going in, again, the, all of this classics, I'm going in completely blind. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think, uh, so I don't take this as much as a, a, of an L, I feel like, like you do. <laughs> because for me... It just haunts me. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like, for me, it's it's like, this movie should not have been... I don't think that we should have felt this way. Mm-hmm. Because... This is known as a truly iconic film. I looked it up. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, like 90-something percent score by critics, like 88% score from audiences. Mm. So we are definitely in the minority when it comes to not enjoying this movie. And that's kind of like the thing is like... It's like, what am I missing? So, yeah, like the classics I'm kind of taking with like a grain of salt because it's like, maybe it's just like the... The time. The time era difference. Yeah, it's got to be. Because like even stuff where it's like... Like the music, the background music of like that jazz. Yeah. It's like, I put it in a con, but it's not really that big of a con where it's like, man, I feel like every fucking like old school film or like, like Warner Brothers that, that film, kind of the same score. exact yeah. score. Yeah. But again, too, they were just limited by yeah. what they had. Right. So it's like, I can't really chalk that up to a con. Yeah. Um. So I, would, I do want to talk about the themes that I took away from this film mm-hmm. because uh, the last thing... Let me see. The, the, the kind of like what we were talking about, about this movie being a classic. I, I do think that this movie does deserve a classic 
status. I believe so, too. Only because of the themes that it tackles. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the themes that it is trying to tackle, when done well, they really, really like ring home. Um, the main, main theme, ironically, the two main themes that I took away are ironically the same ones as True History of the Ned Kelly Gang. Oh, really? Um, because for the most part, I think that there's a masculinity thing happening in this mm-hmm. movie and well, yeah, the trying homo- to not be and, chicken and the homosexuality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main theme basically that I wrote for the most part is of the masculine where Jim really wants to be viewed as masculine. Um, the term chicken is used a lot mm-hmm. causing him to go into these like fits of rage mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and when we first see Jim, he's wearing a suit yeah. and he's wearing, you know, when he goes to, when he goes to high school, he's wearing that like kind of oversized suit, uh, similar to, I think the classic masculine kind of like, Hey, this is what a man, a man wears a suit. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is something interesting in this film that, that is unpacked is that Jim's, uh, only reference as a as a kid growing up because he's supposed to be whatever 17 18 years old mm-hmm. his um like view of what a man is is his father yeah and that's for the most part of every teenager growing up right like you the only man like in your life really is your dad growing up and then obviously you grow up but um that that father figure is your masculine tie to the world you're like this is what a man is supposed to be and Jim's father is the least masculine guy ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I thought that there was a really clever thing happening there with in the beginning of the movie, he's wearing the suit like the dad because the dad is always wearing a suit. Yeah. Right. Because he's like, hey, that's that's how a man dresses. And then we start to realize that Jim's father is like you were saying, like you said, a pushover mm-hmm. and much more feminine, at least in the in the 1955 well, yeah. like, idea of wearing what masculinity the, is. Yeah, wearing the apron like when he like right. messes up and like exactly. drops like the food. So that is Jim is like I'm I'm a man, I'm going to wear the suit to school. And then he ends up seeing Buzz and the gang and he sees how they don't they tend to not take shit from people and he's mm-hmm. like that's what a man really is. So then he then he throws away the suit and he throws on the white t-shirt and the bomber just like those kids. Um and yeah, I mean, I mean, Frank is just the least manly man ever. I mean, literally, the like you were saying, he's he's always being undermined by his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought the the stairs scene where they're fighting and Jim is in the middle of them is great because it's a it's great framing because yeah. the mom is on top of the stairs while the father is on the bottom of the stairs, sitting there just kind of getting berated by the wife. Yeah, Jim is stuck in the middle trying to like you know basically just calm them both down and trying to like get the hell out of there yeah so subconsciously it's the hierarchy exactly. of the family exactly um and then you know like you were saying like the i mean obviously the the, the real thing is him when he's the father when he's wearing that uh that floral i don't know what you want to call apron. it apron i guess yeah it's a yeah. floral apron but he's still wearing a suit mm-hmm. under it uh because he's like i'm a man but then he's got this floral apron and, and and all Jim can see really is just how unmasculine, quote unquote, unmasculine his father is. Because, I mean, the father literally says like, oh, I got to clean this up before your mom like yeah. <laughs> sees this because, you know, she's going to be yelled at. So I thought that 
the whole thing about being a man and being masculine and the toxic masculinity and the father, I thought that was all done very, very well. Mm -hmm. And I really, really think that that theme is one of the main reasons as to why this movie goes down as a classic. Yeah, I I do agree because like there are a lot of things that like you can see nowadays that still have like relevance such as these and then again too i mentioned like you know the all-american family kind of like being undone yeah which during that time area was kind of like the whole thing and it was nice to see like something where it's like a family isn't as strong as like it's perceived on like television and stuff like that yeah um the only other thing that i had for like themes was like the the idea of like not being able to run from your past and that just shows with like Jim where like he's constantly getting into trouble and like the first thing that you see is like him drunk and gets brought into the police station and him trying to kind of like throughout the morning try to steer away from trouble and just be like a normal kid for once and then trouble finding him and then it leads to what I would assume is the darkest point for him as a teenager yeah so yeah um it's a it's an okay study I think on teenagers of that of that era I don't know again I feel like for a movie almost being two hours, not much happens. No. So it's like, I don't know. Like there wasn't really much mischievous to be done in this film. Like we, there, I don't know. I think a lot more could have been done. Yeah. I give it. I'm feeling like a four out of 10 for me, honestly. Five, yeah. five fucking. I, I just, again, I think that the themes ring true. And I think that the, that the themes of the film are still really, really solid and great. And I think that the ones that are explored pretty much to their fullest are really good. Um, some of the other ones are not, but if you're not looking at a movie for for the themes for like you know what are you supposed to take away from this film mm-hmm. just as a movie watching experience unfortunately i have to say that i was pretty bored yeah and that is in my opinion the worst thing that a, <laughs> that a movie can be is yeah, boring. boring yeah and you've um, said that constantly so yeah. it's like it sucks cuz it's like there are plenty of films that came out during this era that like are entertaining and like can get you involved in the film yeah. even though you're not in that time area where you don't understand certain things but yeah. i mean i i just think this was a miss yeah um if i know we're in the minority here so it's like you know if mm-hmm. you want to berate us fine it is what it is mm-hmm. but uh i didn't enjoy it i yeah. can't say again i sat with it a little bit and i enjoyed it a little bit more mm-hmm. but overall i was kind of underwhelmed by this film yeah old, like in in this totality that's why five white t-shirts out of ten yeah uh didn't really didn't really ring true for us over here Mm -hmm. um so again the recommendation of course is to if you guys can to donate to the links that we are going to provide in the description of this episode um it is of course just to support what's going on over in ukraine so uh that's that Mm -hmm. zach what are we doing next? Well, Frank, for our discussion, I want to do the impact that black and white films has had on us. Okay. So Black and white movies. Mm-hmm. All righty. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, you did everything a man could. <laughs>